welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathala, that our communities band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Okay, what's up, fuckers? It's the Motherload yet again, and we've got another doozy of an episode for you. As you can tell, I've kind of been on an immersive sim journey lately, and I'm really digging it. So we've got Dylan Rogers, a developer of Gloomwood, on the show, and I'm really excited about this. If you're a fan of things like System Shock or Thief or Resident Evil or like just survival horror slash immersive sim stuff, anything like that, I think you're going to really dig this episode. And I'm very, very happy with the the interview itself because this is one where it was really easy to do. Like Dylan's a great guy, very easy to talk to and very responsive. And he knows exactly kind of what direction he wants to go with this thing. Very quick to answer. So it's going to be pretty compact and I hope you appreciate that as much as I did because it made my job easy. But I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves, taking care of your loved ones and, uh, you know, just getting through this thing as well as you possibly can. I'm not going to harp on it. Just try to take the next 30 minutes or so, whatever this episode length ends up being, and uh, put that shit out of your mind. Deep breath in, out, and let's get in the key with Dylan Rogers. Prior to doing games, I was a modder, uh, and I used to do like Half-Life and um, TF2 maps, and uh, for so for a long time, that's kind of how I learned how to make stuff in in, in engines. Um, I used to make maps. I used to do like scripts and mods and stuff like that. By the time I hit college, I started to uh, branch out and do more like coding stuff, and started doing my own projects, and uh, that's kind of when I started. Uh, becoming an indie dev and um, did that for a little while um, and did a bunch of different projects. I did a little, a little like Blade Runner type game called Electric Tortoise. Eventually I, uh, I saw David making Dusk. And uh, at that time I had started working on Gloomwood. Um, and uh, we both expressed interest in each other's projects, and I sort of that sort of grew into like a friendship. And eventually, just by talking to David quite often, uh, I ended up helping on Dusk in a couple different ways. Um, I, I would help him if he got like stuck uh, doing some level design. I'd come in and uh, lay out some like geometry and try and be like, "Oh, you know, this might be a cool way to do this area." Um, I also ended up helping on some coding in various areas, like the uh, the final boss and whatnot. Um, and then that kind of got me uh, got got my foot in the in the door at New Blood, and uh, eventually, 
uh, I was like, oh, you know, I, I would be interested in pitching Gloomwood to a publisher. And I was at the time I was thinking between Night Dive and New Blood. Uh, and because I was already kind of in New Blood, like uh, David helped me pitch it to Dave and uh, eventually he liked it. Um, so that's kind of that's that's kind of been my journey so far. So you played like Half-Life and you did the mod and stuff for all that, but what, what kind of drove you to end up with Gloomwood? Because it seems like it's more of like a survival horror and everybody's going to make the, the thief connection and all that. So what, what made you want to deviate from what you were already doing to create something along these lines? Yeah. So um, yeah, I've always, I've always been someone who does like horror stuff, kind of like David. I've just, I've had a long history of, uh, of really enjoying kind of like spooky, macabre kind of stuff gloomwood uh, so i actually gloomwood's an old project that uh has kind of been on and off for a couple of years and the uh the iteration that everyone now knows it as is like a very thief inspired game um has really only existed for uh probably about three or four years now um but i actually started i started the project files like back when i was in college as kind of like a oh I'm gonna learn how to make like a game and it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be like a spooky village and you'll be able to explore it and stuff that just kind of I, I just kept coming coming back to the project and being like oh you know it'd be cool if it was like this and over the years uh, I I got really into immersive sims uh, I became a huge thief fan loved like System Shock loved Deus Ex and was like oh you know what I I kind of feel like this is this this game would fit in that genre. This this game feels like like an immersive sim, and I I, I align myself with those goals. So uh, I started to to kind of push it in that direction and kind of take aspects of those games that I really loved and and molded them into Gloomwood. What inspired you to like kind of deviate from your original plan in the first place? Um, I think my my taste in games just kind of changed over the years. Yeah, like um so uh I actually didn't end up playing uh a lot of the immersive sims when they came out cuz my my family got a computer kind of late. And so uh my my first first person shooters were kind of or my first PC games were kind of like were 2000 era and uh I I kind of missed the train on playing FIFA for the first time when the, when it came out. So I ended up coming back to those games in college. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, wow, these games are amazing. This is kind of exactly what I want from games. Uh, this feeling of being like dropped into a world and and being your own kind of character and being able to make your own choices that it, my my interest in, in game design kind of mo- moved more in that direction of like, oh, OK, this is this is the kind of stuff I want to make. It's like uh, as, as I watched the other day, I believe it was Night Dive streamed a little bit of footage from the game, and I, I've been kind of following it, you know, as much as I could, given the amount of information that's been out about it lately. But as I've seen it in motion, like it definitely, you know, has that kind of thief with gun vibes. I, I think that's the the term that Dave was using. But yes, <laughs> but I mean, it even to an extent like reminded me of like Hitman Blood Money. Like he kind of had that same sort of like sneaking around, hiding people in boxes. And I, I went back just, just to say that 
I did and played a little bit of Thief before this interview just to kind of get myself in that mindset. And I could I could still see how this is kind of going to stand on its, own, on its own two legs. Like it it doesn't have to just ride off of that name, but the setting also I think is what really ties it in. So can you? It, it seems like you've put a lot of thought into like kind of the story and lore behind this, even if it's not going to be explicitly laid out. What, what's the uh, what's the plan with that, and what do you have so far? Um, so the the story is essentially that uh, you are a character, and you you've been. Uh, you've been brought to Gloomwood, yeah. this this kind of mysterious Victorian town, and uh, all the, all the denizens there have been morphed into these kind of horrific creatures. And the the story is essentially finding out what happened there, why you were brought there, and trying to survive, trying to survive the night in the city. Yeah, shadow over Um and yeah, and and just yeah, just kind of unraveling the mystery and what's going on. Uh, so I, I mean, it seems kind of obvious. There's some Lovecraft interest there, but was that exactly why you wanted to do this Victorian theme, or was there another influence? Um, I think the Victorian theme is just something that uh is is just a, a theme that I that really appeals to me. Like originally, it was very much like, oh, you know, I really like kind of uh like uh old london foggy jack the ripper vibes and i wanted to kind of take that and and make it kind of like magical and mysterious and you know kind of urban legend creatures uh and just there was a lot of room to play around with that that theme that that can that excites a lot of uh, different imagery it also Actually, I think it saves your resources because the skybox can just be fog and you don't have to worry so much about <laughs> yeah I noticed that quickly, but I love the the lighting also. Like I think that really plays into the kind of the setting and the theme and everything. And you have a lot of, you know, at least in the early part that we've seen so far, like some brick layout and some glowing windows. It's very like beautiful, very simplistic, but it paints exactly like I think it sets the tone for the atmosphere very well. Yeah. yeah. So you guys... Did you immediately tackle that, or was there more like a, a level design aspect to it? Because you've been working on this what since 2015, something like that. Yeah, for for a good while, um, and and it's it has changed quite a bit over the years. So, what did you come to, Dave, like with your pitch? What did you bring to him? Um, right. So, uh, as I'm pretty sure you've heard in the past, uh, Dave doesn't really like pitches. He likes demos. Um, so usually if you want to get Dave to be excited about something, you kind of have to put a game in front of him first. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially like, I told David that, Hey, I want to, I want to give, uh, Dave a demo of Gloomwood. And, um, I wasn't quite sure how he was going to take it because I, at the time I didn't know Dave too well. I'd like, I had interfaced with him a couple times because, you know, I worked on Dusk a little bit. But I only kind of knew him as like, oh, you know, he worked on Rise of the Triad 13. Um, and, uh, and you know, he was working on Dusk and a Medieval. I kind of knew him as like a, a, a very hardcore retro shooter guy. So I was like, I was, I was like, you know, Gloomwood's a bit slower pace. It's an immersive sim. It's, it's, it's got stealth elements. But um, when I gave him the demo... Uh, he actually really liked it, and I actually learned that he was a thief fan himself. He was like, "Oh yeah, and, you know, you know, I could tell that this was 
super thief inspired just the way you could like open doors and and uh you know how how moving felt very thief and uh that's kind of that's how i kind of got and got his attention is that uh you know i kind of appealed to the part of him that that loves these kind of games as well yeah i think so that especially you mentioned the movement when you have like a most you know doom players are just just turn on auto run and you know same thing with basically all of those quote unquote retro shooter games then you play these immersive sims and you add the q and e kind of lean aspect and everything and if you go back and try to play thief like i mean you start off with like that wacky controller scheme where you actually have to yes it's like the most unbelievably complicated shit in the world but i mean it's really cool to kind of see that uh without having to remap it myself but you guys are going to have I'm assuming recreate sort of that movement style where you can, you know, lean and sneak all the time and, and change your movement pace and everything. And are you going to be playing with shadows at all too? Yes. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we recreated that kind of feel of like, Oh, you know, you can sneak, you can crouch, you can, you can lean like in any direction, like, uh, the original thief and system shock. Um, and uh, we did modern. We did modernize it so you you know it still uses wads and uh, it it feels pretty good. Uh, and you're not. I, I think Thief originally had it where like <laughs> like X was backwards and S was like walk slowly. It was very strange. Yeah, we from, like Q down to C and ZX and like it, they're all like lean. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like I oh, get this out of my face, but that's good to hear. I'm really glad you're going to be playing with that and. The other thing is, can you go prone? Are you going to be like crawling underneath things, or is it just crouch? We uh, it's currently crouch. Um, prone. I, I've I've like thought about a different a couple different areas where it's like, oh, it'd be cool to like kind of go prone and go through a crawl space, but uh, we haven't we haven't messed with that yet. So we may we may mess with something like that because I know uh, you could you could pretty much go prone in like System Shock One and stuff, but uh, it's not something we've added yet. Are you going to be picking locks in this game? Yeah, we're we're going to have a a system where you can pick locks. Right on. Uh, is it a unique system? Is it something you can compare to anything we've seen before, in particular? Or um, at the moment, it's not. It, it it's kind of in a. Uh, we've like prototyped a couple different systems. Um, I, I believe it's going to be pretty pretty similar. To to how the original immersive sims did it so like how thief and uh deus ex um where it's like a thief where you like hold it over a lock but also i think deus ex where the locks themselves are like an item you get it's really it's gonna be an interesting challenge because i know some people are like super into it i mean i know actual locksmiths that are probably like uh they throw up at the thought of what we do with these things but I'm, i'm really excited to see how you guys end up you know putting that finishing touch and with a game like this the the sounds of things like like picking a lock or just in general the sound design overall of the game and from what i've seen and heard so far it's fucking amazing who's who's working on that taylor yes uh um taylor uh is work has been has been doing the music for a while and he's done some of the ambience too um, and he's helped on a couple of the sounds, and then the rest has been me and me and David also doing some of the sound work for like I, David helped out on some of the gun sound effects because he's really good at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a couple of the other things like like windows shattering or like you know breaking boxes and whatnot. 
this is one of those games where I hope it doesn't change, but the just the sound of the footstep on the cobblestone street is like really if you close your eyes, it just takes you there. And that, yeah, that I, I actually went through a whole bunch of different footsteps until I got I settled on on that one uh, to get that kind of like, oh, you know, it's a cobblestone echoing in the fog kind of sound. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about the enemy AI and, and stuff like that. So we're. Are there going to be difficulty settings where like they they're a little bit more streamlined or a little bit more prone to doing different types of behavior? What can we expect from that? So there are different difficulty settings. Um, they're named after different moon cycles. So the easiest one is a uh, crescent, okay. and then it goes all the way up to the nightmare difficulty is called blood moon. And uh, genius, yeah, uh, and. The difficulties change quite a, a couple different things. So um, it does change some AI things, like they they move faster in combat. They're they're a bit more sharper. Uh, they their animations swing faster. So if one's coming at you with an axe, uh, the time for you to like block it or get out of the way will be shorter. Um, but it'll also affect uh, enemy placement. So like if you're playing on Crescent, there may be a there may be no guards in a particular area. Uh, in like a particular room, but if you're playing on Blood Moon, it might have like two or three guards in that room suddenly. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and then it also affects uh, how much ammunition you have access to, um, how much health is on the map. So it, it and even in a couple situations, it might affect. Uh, you know, one of the easier passages may be blocked off on Blood Moon, and you might have to take a harder passage. It's just like in any immersive sim, and especially stealth style, anything. Uh- you have that point where it's the enemy AI just kind of seems inhuman or stupid. It can, it can kind of take you out of it. And, and I'm, I'm down for it. I, I honestly just really suck at stealth period. Like I, I can't even play like the first dungeon of wind waker without fucking up a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like unbelievable. I was like, wow, man, this is for kids. I thought, but whatever. And that's not even with difficulty, you know, scaling or anything like that. But, it's really fun to kind of see how they work out. Is it going to be like a line of sight sort of thing? And I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure that I got quite an answer on it, but like, are they going to be able to see into shadows? Is there a proximity setting? Uh, Sounds matter to the enemies. Uh, Can they see your shadow? Like, I'm curious about all this kind of stuff. How much? Yes. Okay. Um, so we we modeled it pretty similar to to um, Thief. We did clean up some of the aspects that I thought were a little rough with Thief's original kind of uh, stealth. Um, but there is so you do shadows do get taken into account. Um, you can hide in shadows. You you sound effects definitely do count. Uh, so if you're if you're sneaking uh, across like stone or uh and or even like like a carpet you can pretty much like run across carpet um you're you're totally fine there but if you're if you like are running across metal like enemies will hear that and they will come and investigate so sounds definitely matter if you fire a gun you're gonna have a lot of enemies checking out where where uh where the, the gun was fired and it may end up being we wanted it so that like Making loud noises is a risk. It's it's something that you have to really kind of like factor. If you're going to fire a uh, a shotgun, you have to be prepared for the fact that a lot more 
you know, the neighbors are going to wake up and they're going to be coming and seeing what's going on. Right on. Okay. That sounds like a fairly intelligent adversaries we're going to have to face off here. So that's really actually a relief. I, I worry about that sort of thing in general, like especially with it being modern people have just all these expectations that you have to live up to. And then some people are also just going to want to be like, why, why isn't it just like the, you know, like the old games or whatever. I just want to play the same thing over again. I'm glad that you guys are kind of doing your own thing with it and taking all that stuff into account. And obviously like I wouldn't for a, da- a second doubt, I don't, I don't know you as well. I wouldn't doubt Szymanski would bring all this stuff up. And I definitely, since you say Dave Oshry is a big fan of thief, I'm sure he uh, had a lot of thoughts to bring up, but what's the, what's the creative team like? Like when you guys are, talking about these things are they they're not are they telling you what they want to see out of it or are you just kind of free to do your own thing for the most part dave said that he was pretty heavily involved in development yes so um creative wise it's it's mostly so uh it's it's me dave and david and we kind of we have our own like internal uh meeting system like we meet every week or so and do like a, a run through the game and uh, I'll show them what I've been working on, and David also helps with development in various places. And uh, then we talk about like, oh, you know, what what are some issues with the game right now? What's some stuff that Dave thinks needs to be better or needs to be added? Um, it's a very collaborative process, and we have kind of there has been places where we've kind of jostled and like, oh no, it should be like this, but um, that's that's kind of that's kind of normal. Like uh, everyone is kind of inputting what they think the game should be and we're kind of carving a path so it feels it feels like a very dynamic and you know we can play we can play uh the game uh like for example david and i really like playing this game as kind of like a, a stealthy survival horror game so like we'll use the stealth options until we get caught and then we'll we'll like uh you know swap to firearms and and use what ammunition we have but dave really likes playing quite stealthily yeah. he, he really likes getting those backstabs and uh if he gets caught he go, he returns back to the shadows waits and waits until things cool down and then resumes being sneaky again so um we're kind of we're building the game in a way that kind of lets lets the player have a bunch of different options for approaching different situations and kind of doing doing what they want to do and exploring how they want to explore the city. This is something that needs to be kind of stated about this particular genre of game is that you do not have, I don't think any more like freedom in a linear game than you could possibly have here where you, uh, you have three or four different options about basically every single interaction you're going to have. You can choose to be stealthy. Uh, If you wanted to just get into a straight up firefight in this game, is that basically just signing your death deal or is that possible? It's uh it okay so it can be quite difficult depending on a couple of different factors. Um the ammunition in the game is quite limited. It's like survival horror level, levels of ammunition. Right. Um so uh not only do you have like a limited amount of ammunition to deal with, but as I noted earlier, they're qu- the guns are loud. So uh it's not uncommon when we when we were when the game was being played at like packs and stuff that people would get into a firefight and the amount of enemies that would come to check it out would overwhelm them eventually. Like they were just, uh, you know, they, they were, they got, they got into a firefight with like one or two guards. And then the next guardhouse down 
down the road a little bit, heard what was going on and brought reinforcements. And then now they're losing that battle. Um, so it's kind of a, uh, the firearms are there, but you have to be super careful about using them. Um, and uh, they can they can be great because they're very powerful. Like the the shotgun can can pretty much like take out take down an enemy per shot. But it's something you have to really kind of factor into. Like oh you know if I shoot the shotgun now, I may need to retreat and run away and let the air cool a little bit because um, there's going to be a lot of people in this area searching uh, for what's happened. And is there like a sliding scale for like the the amount of time they'll dedicate to? searching for you like do they forget about you like ah whatever it's not worth their time anymore or like is the damage done um so they you can eventually reset enemies back back to their normal state but how long it takes depends on uh what intensity that they were brought up to so if they saw something suspicious but then it kind of like went away They'll return back to normal pretty pretty quickly, but if they found like a body and like shotgun shells and uh, you know just signs of 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 a of a fight, or they like saw you killing someone else, then yeah, they'll be brought to high alert and they'll look for you for a while. And you can wait it out and let them reset, but uh, it, it will take longer than not being caught at all. So would you say that? I mean. In general, it's going to reward you for just being as sneaky as possible, I would assume. Um, yes, so being sneaky is the the, the path of, of least resist, resistance in a way. Right. There are times where like the firearms are going to be something that you'll have to like bring out uh, because um, if you get if you get caught in certain situations, there are enemies that are faster than you, and it'll be very difficult to get away. Um, but if you can manage to sneak past everything, not only do you not have to fight those enemies, but you also keep all the ammunition that you would have spent fighting them. So it's kind of like saving your supplies for a, a rainy day in a, in a sort of way. You'll be able to you'll be able to save them for if things go bad later. So is this going to be a situation sort of like Thief, where when you start a level, it gives you like like you're just in like the hub, and it says go get X, Y, and Z and try to accomplish these things while you do it, go in, infiltrate and knock that out. Or are we looking at like a more like streamlined level to level, like go till you get to the exit of the level, move on. What what are we looking at task wise? Um, so the city is divided up into different districts and um, you'll start in, you'll start in one district and do you have a cut? You have a, a couple characters that that will interact with you, and uh, one in particular will will be sending you letters and messages and uh, helping guide you in trying to figure out how what's going on, giving you clues to where you're supposed to be going, um, and you'll gradually open the city up. So you will be it. It is kind of like a system shock too, where you can you know once you go from one one deck to another deck you can return back to the older decks so in this case you can go to if you open up a new district you can return back to the older district and there'll be times where you have to do that because you'll get a new you'll get a key that opens up a building in the first district that you couldn't open up that is so cool i'm i'm 100 in on that idea so 
the I guess the last real big thing that I wanted to kind of address was the weapon design. Um, you said Szymanski had been working pretty heavily on the gun sounds and everything, and I really like the starter weapon, which I think can only be described as a pimp cane. <laughs> yeah, the the cane sword. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, what was the journey into this stuff? How did you think about these weapons and what what can we expect to see throughout the course of the game? So I uh, I really like um, that era of of like weaponry, the the kind of like 1800s weaponry. And I I not only like 1800 weapon weaponry, I like the weird ones that came out of that era. So blunderbusses. Yeah, um, like yeah. So I, I really uh the cane sword felt like a natural fit for the kind of Victorian vibe that we've got going. It felt like a very iconic weapon. Um, I got to do a lot of fun stuff with it. Like, um, uh, you know, how it detaches back into it. it, You can holster it and just walk around with it like a cane, which is just like, Oh, that's a really cool like aspect of it. Um, But all the weapons that we have are, are very era appropriate kind of weapons. And uh, they're also very quirky. So the the shotgun, as you probably might have seen, is is not a traditional kind of Winchester shotgun. It's a it's a folding pump shotgun, which is based on a. I want to do it. Go ahead. Um, it's it's yeah. So it's based upon an older, uh, kind of rare design called a Burgess, and uh, it, it's it's very unknown nowadays. It's it, it was only a couple thousand were made, and um, the, the so the shotgun can actually it when you open when you bring it out it unfolds, and uh, it it's still usable as like a shot like a pump shotgun. Like it carries five shells, it pumps after each one, but when you put it away, it folds back into itself, and you put it into like a holster. It's a very quirky weapon. When I first saw that weapon, like in the gameplay, and like he pulled it out and he started loading it and everything, I'm like, I thought it was supposed to be an over under. I'm like, why the fuck does that have a pump on it? Yeah. I had to go look it up. It was like, this guy's crazy, but you're not. You, like, you put in more thought than I did. So, kudos on that. And we we have a couple <laughs> other weapons coming that are like even crazier. They're even they're again they're weapons that have existed. Um, like we'll sometimes make tweaks so it like fits the gameplay a little better, but. There, there are some really quirky weapons coming that are, are going to be really fun to play with. Yeah, you don't want to drop any anything. Um, secret right now. Well, I, I've I've like hinted at it, but we we are going to have uh, we we are going to have rope arrows, but they're not going to be okay. They're going to be fired from a, a, a harpoon launcher, essentially. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's that to look forward to. You're gonna be sliding along the rope and everything to get into buildings, or um, this, it's more gonna be that you're gonna like fire like a harpoon into like into wood and climbing up into windows and and there's some buildings you can breach that way, um, if you want to take like a, you know, start on the second floor of a building and sneak downwards and such. Okay, so no, not like a climbing hook where you're like slinging it and throwing it, you know, to the top of the building, pulling it, and then scaling the side of the building. We're not going to be looking at anything like that. Just um, it it operates pretty similar, pretty similarly to how okay. how thief arrows work, but it's it's an actual gun that you fire it from. Right on, man. Well, I'm pretty satisfied with that. Do you have anything else that you would like to get into or just say about the game before we get out of here? 
Um, uh, it's it's mostly just that I I know we've talked a little bit of uh, we've most people know this as like oh you know it's very fifi but um there's there's a lot of different uh there's a lot of different immersive sim elements that kind of have have entered this game and uh it's it's going to be really fun seeing the different things that pop up uh that people are like oh yeah i remember that mechanic or that idea from like deus ex or oh that that's a very like system shock thing um and some elements i i've taken aren't even uh immersive sim elements or elements from other games that i thought would fit here so for example um i took the the gun ammo checking system from condemned so when you check the ammo in your guns you physically like open up the guns and see what bullets are inside the chambers just kind of like things like that that I thought would be like, oh, you know, this would feel really immersive. This would feel really cool. Um, and uh, elements like that are just, you know, I kind of adore l- little details like that. That's the kind of thing that I'm like, oh, yeah, this would be a really cool moment. Like being in a corner, you're hiding from a, a couple like denizens looking for you and you're just like opening a gun and counting how many bullets you have it's just moments like that i'm really excited to see people uh experience that yeah that that is the kind of stuff that i think makes it an immersive sim it's as simple as you know something in system shock where you know you kind of beat your hand with the pipe to feel the weight of it and even though you don't feel it in your body like seeing it triggers that response inside and i'm really glad to see that you guys are kind of go in that direction with it. And I, I kind of expected that because like Szymanski's the man with the spinning shotguns, dude, like he yeah. gets that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really stoked about this project. And at any point in time, you get some more content or get ready for release. I'm super down to talk even more about it because I'm obviously, I wouldn't be talking to you if I weren't absolutely stoked about it. Of course. Really appreciate yeah. It, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up pretty soon. So I'll keep you in the loop. I want to thank Dylan and I want to thank all the fine folks over at New Blood for constantly putting out amazing content and keeping, uh, you know, people like me employed, really. Like, I love talking about this kind of stuff and I love the fact that they're constantly just doing amazing shit that keeps this community alive, talking, something to look forward to, everything. Great work from those guys. Not gonna go unrecognized. Not on this podcast, I guarantee it. Before we go, few plugs i do want to say if you're listening to this on the uh what day is it gonna be the we'll say the 21st the day it debuts if you're listening to it then you should know that we're having the inaugural warfork clan arena tournament in the keep that said if you want more information on it it will be on the 25th and you can find all the details by going to inthekeep.com and joining the discord that is all that you need to know for now but if you if you are interested in a 3v3 clan arena tournament in the amazing amazing game that is warfork i highly recommend you uh, join the keep and hit us up hashtag events i believe is the channel in the server where you can find all the good stuff or just you know at apostles and we'll hit we'll help you it'll be fun 
also just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, has been wonderful and even in this time of crisis has been just constantly uh, keeping up with their you know support of the show and I'm not going to name everybody off this time actually that list is getting maybe too long for me to continue to read on the show so I may have to reconsider how I do that but point being you know who you are you know you're amazing and I thank each and every one of you and the drown god Kathala thanks each and every one of you remember we need your frags and jibs more than anything and I also want to thank all the people who have been uh, sharing the show more than anything that's the number one thing that you can do to support forget about all the money shit or whatever the the sharing the telling other people that this content exists even is the best thing you can do so that said guys thank you very much i hope you're staying safe i hope everything's cool with you in your life and if it's not i promise it'll get better it has to just take care of yourself take care of your loved ones and stay in the keep